Hello and good morning. So, we had our disruptive bank holiday weekend weather. Typical. Just when we are allowed to have a drink or a bite outdoors, nature steps in to spoil it for us. We're in the month of May, which many a year gave us a sunnier and warmer days than even June. And just when we really wanted that clement weather, Providence steps in and only the brave ones decided to challenge their stoic nature and go out armed with their umbrellas and possibly raincoat. All that for a pint or a bite. Well, that's English weather for you. But let us ponder over what the wider world has given us recently. Of course we have China to thank for the COVID-19 virus. And, and then, initially at least, Italy to thank for starting the pandemic in Europe and passing it on to here and elsewhere. As a set of elements, I cannot recall in my many years of life such a disruptive and humanly difficult time set by nature and not created by human folly or misadventure, as in wars or economic disasters. And this brings me to the conclusion, as you will, will most probably all concur with, that while the world can overcome many natural disasters, even if some are associated with loss of life or livelihood, people can also create their own disruptive acts within their personal lives. And these can have an effect on the individual, on the individual unit of society, their own families. There are so many ways that such mishaps can happen. And the common examples are excess indulgence, especially with drinks, illicit drugs and gambling. People seem to accept that such indulgences are more than just misfortunes. But how many people look at the other big social disruptor, that of divorce or separation or any failure in that basic social unit that destroys a relationship that would have sustained and even flourished had the parties concerned taken a little time and exercised some patience and wisdom and not run to the easy option of spoiling a good setup and then try to pick up the pieces or let others do that. But before I have howls of protest from some or many of you, I am the first to acknowledge that divorce or separation are sometimes the best action, and I am sure that most such actions are taken after considerable endurance and heart-searching, as well as a deep sense of agony over the tearing up of a relationship that was certainly had started with mutual love and commitment. The reason I have the urge to talk about this subject this morning is that item of news we heard a few days ago 
over the mutual agreement of that international, very high-profile couple, Melinda and Bill Gates. Now they may be far from many of us, but this distance is for most of us rather spurious, because unless our loyalty is to the Apple computers or iPhones, we will be working the Microsoft system. And of course, Microsoft is Bill Gates. So, figuratively at least, the vast majority of us have Bill Gates on our desks, or briefcase, or our pockets. The world may have made Bill Gates the fourth richest man, with a wealth estimated to be around 100 billion US dollars. But from where I see Bill, and indeed Melinda, it is not through my laptop, but through the most generous and effective Bill and Melinda Gates Charity Foundation. How often did we see this happy couple funding their humanitarian actions with not millions or hundreds of millions, but indeed with billions of US dollars. When the couple appeared on TV to announce their divorce, they appeared both contented and reconciled to the fact that they could not see themselves growing into old age together. This rather surprised me, because their marriage has already clocked 27 years and they seem to have cooperated in most aspects of their life. They even announced that they will maintain their charity work together. So, have they done the right thing, or have they made the wrong decision? Well, certainly I cannot, and no one can judge, except, perhaps, their children, who are grown up now, and maybe some intimate friends and relatives. I'm not in a position to judge. But I am in a position to be shocked and saddened. I always looked on the Gates couple as examples of wealth that did not go up to their heads, but rather induced them to look at how they can benefit the world with the money that is so vastly in excess of their needs. And they were successful. They helped eliminate poliomyelitis, for example, especially in Africa and they helped in many major socio-economic projects around the world. I personally love them, and interestingly, I still love them, in spite of their divorce. But I find it sad that this shining example of a successful marriage over 27 years would come to such a shuddering halt, just as they are going to their old age or to the age that acquired wisdom. In this way, we lesser mortals would look at marriage and divorce as though it is just a contract with an expiry date or a use-by date. Marriage has always been the bedrock on which human b- humanity built its social f- structure, and every religion has made it the essence of the relationship between man and woman. We all know that phrase, till death do us part, so well, 
and it is a paraphrasing of what Jesus said, What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Of course, I do realize that a relationship may, may become untenable, and I cannot deny my feeling of hurt whenever I hear of a divorce, even if it's no concern of mine. But I wish to remind my listeners of the exchange with Jesus regarding the Judaic commandment of a person marrying his brother's wife if he died, she has not born any children. Jesus talked about the resurrection when things are so different than the earthly life that we know, but that we must not err on this world, on this earth, rather we should consider the angelic life in the other world. By angelic I believe that Jesus used that term as a substitute for the spiritual life after our phasing and passing away from this physical existence. So let us see through all this the sanctity of the man and woman relationship in this life and indeed in the life after death. Goodbye.